Hey, powerhouse. I have a very special invitation just for you. I would love to invite you to the Powerhouse Lawyers Retreat happening September 27th through October 1st in beautiful Ocean Isle, North Carolina. The Powerhouse Lawyers Retreat is a life-changing experience that every single woman in law not only deserves, but needs. It's a four-night getaway in a luxurious oceanfront home with all of your needs taken care of in a house full of other powerhouse women who want the exact same things as you. It's more than a mastermind and more than a community and more than just networking connections. Powerhouse Lawyers Retreat is like nothing that's ever been done before in the legal profession. The only words that I can come up with to describe it are life-changing. And if you don't believe me, just ask any of the past attendees who describe it as lightning in a bottle. One of the best experiences of their life, changing the entire trajectory of their career and a solid differentiation point between life before and after the retreat. One thing is for sure, your life and you will never be the same. So come join us September 27th through October 1st in Ocean Isle Beach, North Carolina. Spots are limited, so go grab yours. Head on over to eringuerner.com slash powerhouse hyphen lawyer hyphen retreat. See you there. My junior tennis career and playing at a high level at that sport and realizing the power of your mind that you can be down match point and still come back. Are you an ambitious attorney who wants to build a life and career that you cannot wait to wake up for? then you're in the right place. Welcome to Powerhouse Lawyers, a podcast for the powerhouse in each of us. I'm your host, Erin Gurner, a former lawyer, wife, mom, and life coach. And I am on a mission to empower women in the law to define success on their terms by leveraging their unique superpowers to help them win in both law and life. Join me each week to hear inspiring stories, real talk, and the practical tips you need to redefine the toxic narratives that are keeping women overwhelmed trying to do it all. You are worthy and capable of building a life and career that you have always wanted, and I'm here to empower you along the way. So if you're ready to practice law differently, let's go. Hey, hey, powerhouse lawyers. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Erin Gurner. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics ever. And that is the game of tennis. (laughs) I know you're listening to a podcast about powerhouse lawyers, but I promise I'm going to land this plane. So I grew up playing competitive junior tennis on a really high level, like traveled around the country, you know, was ranked nationally. In my first act of resistance, I turned down several college scholarship offers to play tennis in lieu of going to my dream school, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So in my first rebellion (laughs) of going against the grain, 
but it is a sport I love. It's a beautiful sport. If you've ever just simply watched it on TV, regardless of if you've ever played it or not, I think it's a beautiful sport. I think it's graceful and and classy and you get to wear cute outfits. I mean, y'all are probably laughing out loud, but when I played junior tennis, that was like a real thing. Like that was honestly part of the reason why I loved it is because like I got to wear cute outfits and play a sport. So that's kind of a rarity in sports. You know, you get to kind of fashion it up on the tennis court. So anyway, in my opinion, tennis is truly one of the most difficult sports that one can play. If you've ever watched the game of tennis and not played it at a competitive level, you may be watching, you know, these badasses run around the court and hit a tennis ball with their racket, you know, thinking like, wow, you know, like how hard could that be? Knowing that, yes, it's probably very difficult. I mean, these are like premium athletes, but the game of tennis is so much more than just running around the court with a racket. There is so much mechanical and mental at play within every single stroke, within every single step on the tennis court. It's about your positioning. It's about your racket swing. It's about where your opponent is on the court. It's about where the best place to hit the ball is. You're strategizing. You're having to mechanically be on point and you're having to be mentally focused every single point. And oh, by the way, you're by yourself. You don't have access to a coach. You don't have access to a team. You don't have access to anything other than your mind. You are out on the court by yourself with your mind, with your skills, with your racket and the opponent. That is a lot to handle mentally for anybody. So when you think about playing at the highest, most elite level, Y'all, it is like mind boggling to me, the level at which these players play and the level at which their mental game is so strong. Someone like a Novak Djokovic, who is known for his mental toughness and his ability to come back from anything. These guys and these women who are playing are absolute beasts. Because there's no perfect game of tennis. Even if you're the number one player in the entire world, you're going to make mistakes. Tennis is all about resetting, pivoting, trying again, playing the next point. Oh, and by the way, you're battling your mind and another person on the side of the court. So that is why I think tennis is an incredible sport. And it is, to me, the hardest sport My heart loves it so much and has so much respect for it because I think it is that challenging. And in it being that challenging, it is also often a metaphor for life. In so many ways, the game of tennis is a metaphor for life. I'm recording this podcast off the tales of Wimbledon, where they play at the All England Club in the United Kingdom, and we're all white. It's one of the most prestigious tournaments in the world. And there was a gentleman by the name of Christopher Eubanks who played in this tournament. He's from the United States. He played D1 tennis at Georgia Tech, and he's been slugging it away on the tour for six years. And y'all, this is not an easy life. Being on the tennis tour is not just showing up at majors and playing. This is tournaments, three-fourths, if not maybe 70, 80% of your life traveling tournament to tournament to tournament out of a suitcase with your team. That's all you have. 
You don't have your family. You don't have your friends. You don't have your house. You don't have your dog. You are literally grinding it out on the tour. So the type of person that grinds it out to keep going is absolutely impressive. So this gentleman, Christopher Eubanks, has been slugging it out on the tour. He's had a great year. He won an awesome tournament leading in to the grass court season and leading into Wimbledon. He gets in the main draw for the very first time ever in his career. He's tried four previous times to get into the Wimbledon main draw, failing every single time. In fact, he had never even been on site at the All England Club because the qualifying rounds take place off site. So this is legitimately the first year he's ever made the main draw, been at the All England Club. He beats a top 10 player in the world named Cam Norrie to make it to play the number five in the world, ZD Pass, to go to the quarter freaking finals of Wimbledon. For the first time in his career, a man who has failed to qualify for the main draw is now playing the number five person in the world to go to his first ever quarterfinal and be in the last eight people of the draw. He beats this guy in five sets. He had to serve it out and won the match. And after the match, he did a lot of press. People were asking him like, how did you do this? How have you never made it to the main draw? And now you've beaten two top 10 players. You've made it to your first ever quarterfinal in a slam. Like, how is that even possible? And his general consensus is he's like, I knew that if I kept doing what I knew how to do, play my game, I'm a server that if I kept doing that consistently with the right mindset, knowing that I could win, that eventually I would get my opportunities to seize, to get ahead and to win. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, and what a great metaphor for life. So that's why I wanted to record this podcast. I wanted to share with you, I think I've got eight here, eight lessons that I have learned and apply to my life. I preach it all the time to my kids and it's really the foundation of who I am as a person. I know that my junior tennis career and playing at a high level at that sport and becoming mentally tough and realizing the power of your mind, I did not realize it at the time, but as I have gotten older and been through different phases and challenges of my life, I know that it is the foundation of who I am. It's why I'm gritty. It's why I'm determined. It's why I will never give up. And it's also why I believe in so much empowering other women, because I know that you can be down match point and still come back. And so that's why I think the game of tennis is such a metaphor for life. So I want to share with you my eight lessons from tennis that I applied to life. So help me get through a lot of up and downs. Number one, play one point at a time, just like you take one step at a time. You have to focus on where you are in the moment and play the point in the moment. If you get too far ahead, your mind is somewhere else and you're not focused on the task at hand, the moment at hand, the shot at hand, the next shot at hand. You're thinking about shaking hands with your opponent. You cannot get to the net to shake hands with your opponent if you do not play one individual point at a time. That's where you get in trouble as you get too far ahead of yourself and you're not in the moment playing one point at a time. And it's the same thing in life. You have to play one point at a time, take one step at a time, see where you are, evaluate where you are in your life and what's the next best step. Okay. 
Number two, to win at life and tennis, you have to be gritty. The dictionary defines grit as courage and resolve and strength of character. And I would add to that, I define grit as continuing to get up and try one more time, even if you don't think you can, still believing that it's possible, getting up one more time, falling down, getting up, skinning your knee, getting up gracefully, continuing to shut out the haters and tunnel vision of where you are going. That is what has to happen on the tennis court. You cannot be focused on anything else on the tennis court. You have to be focused on the task in front of you and stay in your lane. You can't focus on the crowd. You can't focus on the opponent. You can't focus on what everybody else is doing. You have to focus on what you are doing and how you are going to put yourself in the best position to win. And you don't win every point. That's why grit is so important in life and in tennis, because you're not going to win every single time in life. It is the grit. It is the courage to stand up one more time, play one more point, try one more thing that separates the champions and the winners from the people that are just average. Number three, you can be down 6-0, 5-0, match point, and still come back. And that's the same thing in life. You are never down and out until you beat yourself. There is always a chance to come back. You always have an opportunity to do things different. You can literally be down 6-0, 40-love, match point in your life and still come back. That is what tennis has taught me. You are never down and out. You are the only person that puts yourself down and out. This life is here for you to win and seize the moment. And that is what tennis taught me. Tennis also taught me that my attitude is everything. Attitude and perspective is everything. If I have a crappy attitude on the tennis court, my game is crappy. If I have a crappy attitude in life, my life looks crappy. What you give out, you bring in. So your attitude and your perspective about life, about a situation, about a failure, about a win is everything. Same thing in tennis. You can watch so many people on the tour who you know their mental game is not where it needs to be because they are having a crappy attitude. They're yelling. They're yelling at the chair empire. They're yelling at their box. They're yelling at the crowd. They're doing, letting all of this extra stuff distract them. And their attitude is awful. And that you cannot win in a losing mindset. I think I'm on number five. Your mind can win or lose a match for you. You can have all the skill in the world, but if your mind is not a hundred percent there, you will get beaten regardless of if you are the better player. It kind of piggybacks on attitude is everything. Same thing in life. You can let life beat you or you can win at life. All you have is yourself on the tennis court. You have to learn how to pivot. You have to learn how to lose the point and to walk to the other side of the coin and play the next point with a fresh mindset thinking that you are going to win. But if you already think that you're going to lose, if you have a crappy attitude, if you're bummed out about the last call, if you're still thinking about two games ago where he called a shot and you know you didn't think that was fair, maybe you thought someone wronged you, you're out there beating yourself. 
you did not lose that other, you beat yourself. You don't lose in those situations. You beat yourself. So your mind is what is going to help you win or lose in this game. If you watch tennis or you're familiar with tennis, there is a kid named Nick Kyrgios. He might be one of the most talented people on the tour skill-wise, but his mental game sucks. He needs a sports psychologist, but his mental game sucks. That is why he's never broken through. That's why he's never won a major. That's why he's always a crybaby. That's why he's always complaining. And it's always somebody else's fault because his mental game sucks, but he's a really, really, really talented tennis player. So that is an example of someone who has a hell of a lot of talent, but a real crappy mental game. You see that time and time again in real life. Number six, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Sometimes you play your best game. Sometimes you do everything right. And sometimes you still don't come out on top. And you know what? That's okay. Because what are the lessons that you learned from that match? What can you improve? What can you do better? What do you need to eliminate? What are the lessons that you can learn from that experience of failing forward? Just because it's a loss on the scoreboard doesn't mean it's a loss in life. We can always gain something from our losses, but tennis teaches me and it teaches people how to win and how to lose. You're not going to win them all. You're not going to win them all in life and you're not going to win every tennis match you play. And the sooner you start to resign yourself to you win some, you lose some, what can I learn instead of letting that failure mean something about yourself and meaning negative? the sooner you're going to be able to move forward in a positive way. It's okay to fail. What did you learn? Number seven, surround yourself with the right people. Same thing in tennis, same thing in life. Your team will make or break you. Those are the people who are in your corner, who are supposed to have your back and have your best interests at heart. And when you surround yourself by crappy people, you are going to get crappy results. But when you surround yourself with the right people who all believe in your mission and who are all on your team to help you win, that is how you win in life. You build your community strong and have your soldiers near and surround yourself with the right people with positive energy, who have positive impact, who have positive things to say, who believe in the same things that you do, who want the same things for you and about you. That's who you have on your team. That's who's sitting in your box as a tennis player. And that's who's sitting in your box of life. Last but not least, I might have to do a part two of this because I can honestly think of so many more. But the last one is always be prepared and be ready to seize your moment and take action. It's like I said, when I was telling the Chris Eubanks story, he knew that if he kept playing his game and doing what he knew how to do well, what he was best at, that he was eventually going to get his opportunities to seize and to win. And so that is what that last lesson is. When you keep trying, when you are gritty, when you get up one more time, when you surround yourself with the right people, when you are in your zone of genius, you are going to get those opportunities to win. And it's your job to seize them. I always say, like, if you're up 40 love, don't let them back in the game. And the same thing in life, don't let 
the negative thoughts, the negative people, the things that aren't working, get back in the game. When you have the opportunity, seize it, seize it right then. Don't wait. Don't let it get away. Don't let the fear creep in. Don't let the doubts get in there and tell you that you can't do it. Don't get right up on the finish line and don't cross it. Seize the moment when it's yours. You've worked really, really hard for it. So those are my life tennis lessons. I'd love to know if you have any to add, if you have any thoughts, if you are an avid tennis fan or player, I've continued to play through my entire life. I love it. I just played yesterday. It is a lifelong sport. Not only is it a lesson teaching sport, but it is a lifelong sport. It's great exercise. It's super social. You again, get to wear cute outfits. I'm still playing that card all these decades later. I've had so many of my girlfriends come to this sport later in life, and I love it. I love that they have fallen in love with a sport that I so much adore and respect. But I hope you found this podcast useful. I hope some of these lessons were maybe encouragement, maybe just little nuggets to take away, maybe a little something that you needed to hear, a little tennis lesson nugget for your day. Share anything that you loved. I would love to hear from you. If there are any guests I need on my podcast, send them my way. Maybe it's you. What do you want to hear about? What topics do you want to hear about? And most importantly, share this with a fellow sister in the law. The more times we share this and the more women we get it to, the more women we can impact and empower. So thank you so much. I appreciate you and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast. If you loved this show, take a screenshot, share it with a fellow sister in the law with someone who needs it, because I know you're the type of woman who wants to see other women win. And the way we get this message out to more women in the law is please go and leave a review of the show. Every time you do that, it helps us get in more people's ears. Always DM me show recommendations, anybody you want to hear from topics. I'm here for you. Remember, go out there and be a powerhouse.